All right, we are back. I'm very excited because uh, this these past couple weeks we've really been getting our first episodes out. So if you're listening to uh, one of our podcasts, this is really an exciting time for Herrick's Middle School. Um, this class, content creations, we are really pumping out our full episodes. Um, these students create, they master, they edit, they plan out. Um, they even seek out teachers sometimes or other students to interview, um, like this one. And on this podcast, Ashley does swimming as a sport. And it's all about the sport of swim, diving, and all things that maybe you might not even know about the sport um, or what swimmers go through when they are in the season or even off season. So on this special episode, uh, Ashley has Mr. Morrow, and they're going to talk about all kinds of things, um, diving, swimming, uh, recent events, but there's so much more for them to talk about. And you don't need to hear from me. You hear from the swimmers. So without further ado, I am going to pass it along to them. Hey everyone, welcome back to Swimming as a Sport. I'm Ashley. Each week I make new episodes. This is episode two for January 23rd, 2024. Today I will be interviewing my varsity swimming coach. Good morning. So I have a question for you. Sure. Why did you want to become a coach? That's a really good question. Um, so I was, a, I was a swimmer for a little bit. Um, but I got into diving and I was a diver for like 11 years or something and um, practiced like seven days a week. It was like a travel team. And uh, the coach that we had brought so much. I mean, you're also the coach that you have gone to. We have the same coach. Um, he just brings such an intensity and like a passion that it seems it really, even if it's not true, it seems like he really loves being there all the time. It never seemed like a job for him. So when I think it was, I was a lifeguard, um, my first coaching job was, was at a yacht club. And my brother was the head coach, and he needed an assistant. And I, I had swam, obviously, a lot, but mostly I was giving swim lessons. And as a lifeguard, you make more money if you give swim lessons, obviously. So I got all the certifications and... I was a decent swimmer, obviously more of a diver, but I was, I learned how to teach swimming. Um, that kind of helped, you know, I, I wanted to be a teacher also. So I, I kind of liked having the class setting and whatever. Um, so I had experience teaching stroke and teaching starts and dives and all good stuff. So I was, his, I got his, you know, to be his assistant and it was more just like a fun thing to do with my brother that one summer and kind of put my teaching to the you know to, to good use and make I guess make a little bit more money over the summer not have to sit up in the lifeguard stand now I could be a coach which is kind of like a nice step to uh rather than just sitting around um and we coached that team together uh for four years and then he got offered a really like a kind of a step up to a to a bigger pool and they wanted him to be the head coach and the aquatic director so run their whole facility uh so he left me in the dust and I became the head coach over there um, I coached there for a couple more years as the head coach, um, and then I started working here in that time while I was head coach for my summer job. And my first year here, I told them because when the, when they interview new people, they ask, "Oh, are you interested in anything outside of just the classroom?" And the first thing I said was swimming and diving. It's I just I really enjoy it. Uh, my summer coaching job wasn't like 
it's basically like I was doing it as a volunteer almost. Uh, so it was never really like about the money for me. It was something that I knew if I wanted to be a part of a school, I was going to be a part of the swimming and diving program in some way, shape or form. And I started off, um, not as a, an assistant, but as like a supervisor, uh, like walking the kids to and from the bus and, you know, sitting in the stands. And I asked them, I was like, can I go on the deck and like help if, you know, if that's okay? Cause I know about diving and they had a diver. And they're like, yes, please, we need someone. We don't know anything. Like, diving is one of those weird sports that they didn't have someone for. Um, so that's how I got involved with Herrick starting off. Uh, but I, I don't know, I feel like coaching, um, especially when you're, like, an, uh, an athlete that takes it very seriously, I'm sure you could probably agree with this. Like, you spend so much time of your life in that pool, and, like, it becomes a big, a very big part of your life. Um, as soon as you're an adult who can, like, hand some of that back, and be a part of it from the coaching perspective. And it's very enticing to want to pass down some of your, you know, some of your knowledge and definitely some of the things that you failed. And like, now I know that I could, like for me, I want to pass along positive, like the positivity of it because diving could be very stressful. And I just, I, my number one goal is to make it so that my divers aren't like stressed or scared or like, you know, worried about their, about the meat. So, to me, being a coach is, I feel very lucky that I get to be a coach because most of my friends just like sit behind a desk all day. Like I get to teach and then I get to do something I'm very passionate about. So it's, I'm very lucky. With all that experience, what are your core values as a coach? So yeah, so definitely as a diver, I was kind of a ball of nerves. Um, hopefully that's not apparent because <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm like that at all now but as a middle schooler and then um high schooler like i was going to these big meets diving in other states against kids from other countries and i was always like worried about that one dive that i just learned or like you know a dive that i had failed in the past or you know hit the board or something like diving is very mental um and not that my coach didn't help us with that but my number one priority especially with diving is having my divers feel like unafraid, no stress, no pressure, very lax. Because some of the greatest divers I ever met, they just loved doing it. It was like, you know, is it stressful to go jump on a trampoline with your friends? No, like everybody smiles when they're jumping on a trampoline. Diving should be fun like that. It shouldn't be something that you're like thinking about all day and like, oh man, I have to do that dive and I don't want to. It's like, yeah, go do it, fail it, hit the board, hit the hit, hit the water on a weird angle. Like, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, so I just try to pass down, like, the fun of it. And as a coach, I'd never want to make my swimmers or divers feel like um, that immense pressure that is usually surrounding, especially the elite swimmers and divers. Um, yeah, so my, my core values definitely, I want everybody to, like, really enjoy what they're doing because uh, I feel like if you love it and you're you're having fun it's you're going to be better at it and you're gonna you're gonna push yourself because there's like no stress no you know um you're not worried that you're gonna uh, you know not hit your potential and so yeah I just I try to make my I try to pass along that love love of the game yeah and since you're also a science teacher in the school, how do you view the relationship between academics and athletics? That's a really good question because it's hard. 
it's so hard to balance it. And I am, I think more than anything, I'm just inspired by you guys, um, like you and and you know your sister, uh, your brothers, and then like there's a difference between the kids who who compete, um, and then there's a, there's the kids who swim all year round, every single day. I mean, you you guys have such a crazy schedule, and then on top of that, you throw in like music or art or any other thing <laughs> you throw in just one more thing and it becomes really really challenging um as a kid to juggle that stuff so i was taking i remember i was taking drum lessons i was diving at least six practices a night oh, a week and then you have school um it's so hard to juggle those things but what i find is that the students who have this like good schedule regimented like they know I have to be in the pool at this time and I'm only going to have this much time to do my schoolwork. those students usually rise to the occasion because swimming becomes I don't know swimming is such a like you have to be really um disciplined and that discipline definitely pours over into their academics at least at least here it's a really nice culture of um you know scheduling your time and and I'm sure there's times where you find that you're kind of over, you know, you have way too many things on your plate at once. It's like, man, I have that English project and I have to study for my social studies test. And I also have to go to like four hours of practice. Like it's, it's you know, you know, you're not going to be home till late. Um, so I, I, what I try to do is I know that my students, even the ones who aren't swimmers or athletes, um, I know that my students have other things in their life that are looming and that they have scheduled. So what I try to do is I try to be as understanding of that as possible. And I try to get as much out of my students during class time. Um, and I mean, I personally, I try not to uh, assign any uh, that much, if any home assignments, I guess homework, <laughs> you call it, um, because I know that there's so much more to the student's life than just learning about the function of the organelles inside the cell and you know the structure of dna it's like yeah that's i get you for 41 minutes to we're going to talk about that then um but the your guys lives become so much more complicated outside of the classroom so i try to reel back how much um you know insane work i'm giving um yeah it's it's hard it's definitely hard to juggle and i'm sure you could speak on that <laughs> more than i can because uh, you're living it right now so i, I try to respect that yeah, that's really clever. Um, what are your off-season expectations for varsity? It's tough because, personally, um, obviously I coach varsity. Are you talking about the boys or girls or just both? Both. For, all right, so for girls, the truth is, and maybe you can speak to this, um, for for exa I mean, it's you're sitting across from me, so if you were, if anyone else was asking me this question, I would answer it in the same way so just because it's you i'm not going to change my answer um you are an elite swimmer so and you're just going to get faster so i know eventually value wise like on the scoreboard it might be more valuable to have you just swim for events um but I, it depends on how much you want to continue as a diver so like for me one of my questions is like i wonder how many more years <laughs> i'm gonna have um Ashley on the diving board because same thing with Kaylee. Kaylee, your Ashley's older sister, dove with me, and same thing with both of your brothers. <laughs> they dove with me and then became so 
just unbelievably uh, you know talented in the pool as a swimmer that diving obviously is like all right i could i can dive but you're gonna be like winning races um for swim so i just one of my questions is like like is actually gonna keep diving and (laughs) i don't know and then are we gonna get more divers um that's always a question we have currently for the boy season we have hilco and i think hilco is going to stick with diving as his main sport um for those of you who don't know ashley dives like really just to to help us out because she's mainly a swimmer um are you still doing dive practices or no 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 see that's the thing you so this is a person who doesn't practice diving every day or multiple days a week and still is able to pull out amazing performances it's such a challenging sport to just like pull out you know of a hat um so like that you know if we don't have a diver it becomes more challenging to win meets so i'm i'm always thinking about diving because it's the one thing that other coaches are you know they're also thinking about it it's it's how you win meets a lot of the time unfortunately um but my number one priority as an off season um even above that diving situation is or what pool we're going to be swimming at next year. Um, we're currently at, at Tully, which is a great facility, but we need, um, if we if we could, it would be excellent if we could get more more lanes and a diving board because Tully doesn't have one. So if, if we had a diving board, there are girls on the team who said that they would love to try diving, but we don't have a place for them to practice. So that's that's something that I'm really... working on (laughs) yeah okay so one last question how will you develop the community support for the team wow that is a great question um especially after just coming off our meet with farmingdale because i don't know if you remember when we went the the environment there is very different than any other pool that we swim at um farmingdale has a culture that's like community supports their swim team similarly to the way that their community would support the like local football team um because like you have people it seems this way at least that you must have people going to these meets that don't have a child or a grandchild on the team it's just like people from the community go to watch because i think their pool has like a senior citizen program and has like you know mommy and me classes and some of those people seem like they're just there because they they shout them out. They're like, big thanks to our senior citizen program. And like, there's like these old people clapping. And it's like, are there grandkids on the team? Or are they just here to support? Like, it, it seems like there's just community members going to watch the, the Farmingdale High School team. And that was awesome. I mean, that's, that's like a pipe dream to have people, you know, really care about and support swimming as a, swimming as a sport. And not just, uh, oh, we have a swim team, which is unfortunately what it usually gets limited to in most districts uh, and i know when i was in high school it was like you know we went undefeated conference champs and my brother and i were you know all county and whatever and it's like wait we have a swim team or like isn't that just like exercise people swim competitively i'm like yes <laughs> so it's it seems like such an uphill battle um but to get to get community support so far, what I, at least with the boys' season, I can speak to this, and I know for the girls' season, Coach Sullivan does the exact same because I got it from her. Um, we're sharing our results with the 
um, the school, the high school um, TV program and, and the morning announcements and stuff. So they're putting it into their program. They're putting it into their, you know, announcements so that people hear the boys varsity swim team, you know, just beat North Shore and is now 7-0. Like, hopefully throughout the whole season, I was telling them, you know, that's now we have three wins wins in a row and we're we're still undefeated. And, you know, on Friday we go up against Farmingdale to, you know, take the conference championship and win a banner. So I try to make it, I try to like spin this story as as exciting as it is. And even if we weren't having like such a winning season, because we did end eight and one, um, which was an amazing season, I would still try to like, you know, we're going up like our, our rivals or, you know, last year it was this close. And I, I'm always going to try to make it exciting because it is, it is exciting. And you, you have to convey that to people. So I try to communicate, you know, just how intense, um, you know, these meets can get. And the season is so exciting, especially this year. We had such a great, great season with the boys and the girls. Um, but I, I'm definitely taking notes with what I saw at Farmingdale. Um, obviously, it would really help if we had a pool. That, that's how you build the community. Um, from the ground up, you have a place that everybody knows is like, that's our home turf. Like, we don't, we don't have home turf right now. The, the football team has their home field and the basketball team has their home court. Um, but if we, I think it would be, obviously, this is a, an, another pipe dream. But if we had our own pool um, that, you know, had a Highlander painted on the wall, and, uh, you know, all of our, our records hanging from the wall with, you know, Matt Chang goes this, like, we have people, hold, we have record holders for Herricks currently on the team. And just to see those, you know, see that up there, I think it adds just a little bit of that prestige that the team, I mean, we are, we are that competitive. We are that good of a team. I feel like it would be excellent to have that recognized. And, you know, so down the line, you know, we got, we could dream. We could definitely dream. That would that would be an excellent, you know, step for us in the future. Yeah. I definitely want a Herrick's pool, and that would definitely help other people that don't swim competitively get much better. Absolutely. We have kids who want to try, like, try new things, too, and we have really, really, you know, passionate swimmers who, for example, one of the things I always go to, because most of the listeners I'm sure are not <laughs> going to be swimmers or if they are, they'll definitely understand this. Um, we practice at a pool that does not have blocks. And if you ever watch the Olympics or you ever seen a swim meet, the meet, like the races always start with the swimmer standing on a block and they have to jump off of that block and dive into the water. You might be thinking like, Oh yeah, obviously. But if we don't have a block at practice, then some of these new kids, these new swimmers, these young even middle school guys who we have on the team, they want to get faster and they want to get better at swimming, but they cannot practice the start off the block at practice. It's just we don't have one. So at the meets, we're, we're getting a lot of belly flops and like having kids like, all right, here's a block. You've never seen one before, but try your best. <laughs> like, so it's, it's hard to teach starts, um, especially to the kids who aren't on these travel teams and these, you know, these big club teams. Uh, but they, they would be, you know, all over it. And, and especially with the diving, if we had a pool that had a board, I can name at least five kids who would be like, oh, I would dive. I would try it out. And as a diver and as a dive coach, I could, te I could teach a kid from zero how to become a diver um, like just during the preseason. So, yes, that would, that would definitely help. 
some of our non-club swimmers just get to that next level. And um, I don't know, someday. Okay, to wrap it up, where can you find us? Information about the show can and more can be found uh, at Twitter and Instagram with the name at Herrick Studios. I think we are just about time to finish our episode on swimming as a sport. That's going to do it for me and for my interview partner. Thanks for having me. I feel very, very blessed to be a part of this, so I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.